I don't know how much exactly, but I feel like as soon as they get an acting thing or the TV thing, they seem to abandon the thing that made them famous, which is stand up. You know, Sam Giancana, when he was a young hood in Chicago, he would mm -hmm. probably go to a newsstand and get 20 bucks every week from the newsstand. Right. No matter how big he got, he still got that 20 bucks. Every week. <laughs> so he's, he's kind of like an old gangster, you know? <laughs> Dystopia tonight. Hey guys. It's great Hello. to be in uh, that category of ghouls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trump. It's Actually, a nice theme. Uh, yeah, I didn't do this. I, I, that was an actual television show. Right. But I mean, like, you interviewed. This is a podcast. Anybody right. could do this. <laughs> I actually had to audition, get the job. Yeah. Jump through hoops. It was, it was 30 years ago. <laughs> this bullshit didn't exist. Right. Oh, I know. I must have been. Your business was real. I don't know where you're in your garage and your mother's basement. <laughs> I don't like to disclose my location. Uh, it's. I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like you were you. I don't think anybody just because you exclusively or unless that's just what I've been seeing. Uh, you interviewed a lot of comics, a lot of your friends, a lot of the people that were coming up at the time. Yeah, well, a lot of uh, yeah, comedians, but a lot of actors, dancers, early rappers. Uh, Tupac Shakur, I think. Right. Was, really? He did my talk show. Yeah. Um, just back in the day, Alan King. I, uh, I love that. I had Jeff Daniels on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a, a lot of interesting people. So it was, it was a lot of fun. That was on on the Comedy Channel, and then became Comedy Central. Right. Yeah, wow. and it was. Let's put it this way: John Stewart uh, came in. He wanted to write for me, and I had to turn him down. That's how big I was. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy too. Because he talks about um, you in a in some one of the comedy. I have like a I'm like a I was a comedy nerd back in the day. But there's a comedy book that was around, and he basically I think he asked Caroline Hirsch at the time, like you were the guy that he kind of looked up to, emulated, and was like, "How do I get to be? Will I ever be good as Alan?" I think is what he had said. And it then, was at the comedy cell. It was Esty who ran it. Esty, I'm sorry, yeah. And uh, it was very nice. He gave me a nice compliment to Infinity Fair. John's a good guy. And seriously, when he asked me for the job, he said, "I don't want comedians writing for me because they'll keep the best lines for themselves." Right. And I said to John, "I go listen. One day, very soon, you're going to have your own show, and you're going to be great at it. So that's the direction you want to go in. You don't want to write for anybody but yourself." So. Wow. Not tooting my own horn, but uh, certainly he was one of the guys, young guys coming up, many of the young guys I've seen who I kind of looked at and go, okay, good things are going to happen to that guy. And, and John was certainly one of them. Right. Do you remember, because I feel like when, you know, back in the day, there was a lot of, uh, there was obviously like there was a different structure to it. The MCs were always the best comics that kind of ran the show. But the MCs also got to pass like comedians to make sure that, they, you know, and it were like um, to get into the club, basically. Was in it certain, in certain clubs they did not at the improv where I came up, but I think Catch was one where they let the MCs choose maybe the comic strip. Okay, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, and, Catch uh, an MC was a prestigious, a prestigious job back then because right. not only uh, you know introduce the comics but keep kind of the host of the show, mm -hmm. keep the show running, and it was a point of pride 
like on a Friday, Saturday, or on a weeknight when the show they would the show would run, and you could keep the audience there on the second show. A comedians coming back from Jersey, or you yeah. know, having like gigs would walk in and go, "Wow, the, there's still an audience here." Right. So that that was one of my goals when I MC and most of the other MC uh, like that. So it was a, it was an important job. It still is. Was there somebody that you who had passed you? Do you remember somebody that like when you were coming up? No, not a comedian. Uh, mm. But uh, Silver Friedman passed me, and then Bill Grunfest from the Comedy Cellar came into the Improv and plucked me from there. Oh wow! And uh, no, all my early gigs I got after that were done by producers, or you know, I never had to audition for another comedian. Um, was it something that you had seen, like on TV, like kind of came up saw on TV, and you were like, "I want to do that" kind of thing, or were you just always the funny kid? Like, um, yeah, well, I, I have. I was the funny kid. It started out actually in, believe it or not, in kindergarten. I was kindergarten graduation. We auditioned in this big tape recorder. You know, I'm talking 1960. Mm -hmm. With those giant tape recorders and the microphone was as big as your head. And so I, I, we all spoke our name in there and I was the loudest and the clearest. So I got to play the little priest at the graduation ceremony. Wow. Mm -hmm. And 1960, children were seen and not heard. And that wasn't a cute expression. That was, you know, that was law. Right. So I'm in front of a bunch of my peers and their parents, and a priest came up, and pat me on the head. I got some laughs, and I, and I, I, that you know gave me the bug. So after that, I was a funny guy. But it, I went to New York after school. I studied theater. I wanted to be an actor. I did not want to be a comic. And the acting thing was your gate. What was it like? Did you think the comedy was wound up being a gateway into acting? Did that how it worked back? No, like no. I, I had. Um, I went to college to study theater. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, after college, I'm going to New York to be an actor. Okay. And in college uh, at Florida State, a fellow student and I, John McFarlane, we started a comedy team called Two for Nothing. Okay. And we performed in Tallahassee. And then when I moved up to New York, he shortly uh, followed me up there. Afterwards, not followed me, but went to New York. And we did it up there for a while. And after a while, I decided the acting thing is, you know, so many people have to say yes you got to jump through all these hoops but right stand up you got up you got an audience right away so that i found that very appealing nice the instant feedback is what got you yes you get everything every your ego everything satisfied right pardon me do you remember your first paid gig as a comic um yeah tyson's bar and grill on ninth avenue it's not there anymore oh wow but i passed at the improv and saw someone from there hired me for a couple shows Oh, it's cool. Yeah, and I was tending bar at the time down a curtain up. So everything was happening on Ninth Avenue. 43rd <laughs> and 9th is where I tended bar. 44th and 9th it was the improv. Tyson's on, was on 51st and 9th. Wow. So I didn't have to go east of 8th Avenue. Did you, <laughs> did you did you avoid that whole kind of war between comics finally getting paid and not getting paid? Because I know that was around. That was like an yeah, issue. Yeah, I think that happened most in the 70s. Uh, and most of that was California. Right. And then by then you were pretty established. I mean, you had your own, like, did you, you didn't need to get involved? No, was, I mean, I started in 81. We were getting five bucks a gig during the week. Rough. Holy you know, shit. Yeah, I was in the tall cotton, baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you get Who that was... and you could get a grilled hot dog with bacon on pita bread at the improv. Oh my God. Yeah, they, 
they used to pay in food. And now, I mean, for, for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what happened in between that period of time. But I like I remember reading about like you guys would either get paid in Coke or there'd be food or like a middle act could make a shit ton of money. And then when I started doing it, they were like, you get to have breadsticks <laughs> and like yeah. and maybe whatever. And I was like, what happened? And they were like, we don't give comics the good menu. <laughs> so I was like, what, what the fuck? First of all, I never got paid in Coke. Okay. <laughs> so I, I don't clubs. Yeah, but that, that never happened. It was usually okay. money. There was maybe Coke on it from the night before. <laughs> so I could lick the $5 I got. Sure. But uh, no, I started in 81. And, and uh, fortunately, it just happened to be in the right place at the right time. New York City, the comedy boom was happening. Yeah. You the, There was more uh, demand than product. Right. More demand than supply. So if you were okay, mm -hmm. you could eke out a living being a stand-up. Nice. Uh, learn while you earn, as they say. Right. Uh, so it, 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 it happened in New York. And uh, plus I had uh, a roommate. We never saw each other. We had different schedules. Lived in an apartment in Hell's Kitchen. My rent, my share of the rent was like 160 a month. Oh my God! Yeah, so I—I I, the first time in my life I actually had money to spend when I was in New York. I wasn't expecting that. Wow. Did but, you uh, 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 did you have like a comedy class, like a core group of guys that you hung out with? Yeah, there were some uh, friends I made. Uh, not, uh, you know, I, I knew a lot of comedians. That's a good thing about comedy. You know, you feel you have a friends when, in truth, you know a lot of people. You know, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> John Heyman, uh, Don Marrera. Uh, Lou DiMaggio, Charles Zucker, most of those guys are doing the stand up. Mm -hmm. John's a writer producer on a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. And Lou is also acting on that show, and Lou's an actor and does a lot of work on television. So uh, the reason I'm still in stand up is because I never quit. Right. And it, it always gave something back to me. And excuse the, uh, the reflection of my glasses, but I don't oh, want to actually see my eyes like that way I can bullshit better. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and the thing too, those like you've you've never seemed to be taking a break from stand up because you still stayed incredibly sharp. Like I saw you at the cellar, um, I think before the pandemic, and uh, it was you were fucking hilarious, man. I mean, it was well, just like you. yeah, it was like like still the same edge, same you know whatever. Is that because you never stop or because you love it? Well, I do both, I guess. You know, yeah. I mean, listen, you can still do it and get stale. I've certainly gotten stale at certain times in my career, my career and gone through uh, slumps, as they say. Mm. Not as bad as a a, a hitter can do, you know, because as sure. you know, comedians have to bat like 975, 980. Right. <laughs> keep working. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, I, I've been very lucky and just. Uh, being around other comedians, being around comedy, you know, uh, watching, you know, uh, comedians who are very good and grow, it's 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 really fun to watch. So that's kept me on the, kept me on my toes. Did you even were you doing it even when you were doing working on your shows and stuff like that, or did you take a break yes, from it? I never. Wow. Listen, uh, the late great Ken Over, who mm -hmm. uh, hosted Remote Control, I remember when he got that gig, he quit stand up. He just right. quit. And he was very good at it, and he could have gotten back into it. But I saw that, and, you know, it had nothing to do with his demise or anything. And he always worked in show businesses and was respected. But 
I thought there would be no reason to quit stand-up. I, yeah. I know eventually I would need it again because TV shows don't stay on the air. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that Excuse makes me. sense. Every weekend uh, that I was doing night after night, I did it for over three years. Every weekend I worked. Mm. And during that time, I did a couple specials. And, you know, if I got some time off and certainly helped me, the HBO, who owned the, uh, ran the Comedy Channel at that time, would send me out on, you know, press junkets and nice shows and stuff like that. So I got pretty busy. Do you feel the same way about the special that, because I feel like the comedy special over, you know, I don't know, two decades or whatever has gone through some different waves. You know what I mean? Like people either use that as the testament to whether or not, you're a great stand. You know what I mean? If you can get a special out there or whatever, but I just read an interview with the uh, Bobcat Goldthwait where he was talking about, he hates the special, the comedy special. He doesn't think it serves any purpose anymore, but I still feel like a lot of guys use it as the, what they need to get to. Do you have any feeling on, on what it, what it means? Well, first of all, Bob, Bobcat hates a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> the comedy, listen, if you can get a half hour or an hour on any, you know, decent platform. Right. And it gets out there, it's special. It's great. Yeah. And if it generates an audience or builds an audience, even better. It, uh, you know, people get to know who you are. And, and they don't go away now. That's the beautiful thing about specials and television shows. They don't go away. Right. So if you do a special now in 10 years, it'll still be out there and people can look at your work. Yep. You know, I've been doing this a long time. I did a couple specials in the early '90s on mm. uh, HBO. They're still floating around out there, you know. Yeah, they're uh, on HBO Max. If you got HBO Max, man, you can. I I saw. I watched yours in one of yours in uh, uh, prep again because I hadn't seen it in a while. But I was like, I bet you HBO Max has it up there, and they do. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I'm, I look a lot younger than I. <laughs> you know what's cool though i'm not gonna lie man i'm not even blowing smoke your ass you do relatively look the same and i think that comedians have that kind of frozen in time i don't know what it is i don't know if it's the that we never really grow up here that definitely went with time Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> um you know i i don't know if you enjoy what you're doing yeah not every comedian does not everybody no. does but if you enjoy what you're doing it just seems you know well, that's what I noticed about you, though, because I, I feel like a lot of, you know, I don't know how much exactly, but I feel like as soon as they get an acting thing or the TV thing, they seem to abandon the thing that made them famous, which is stand up. You know, Sam Giancana, when he was a young hood in Chicago, he'd mm -hmm. probably go to a newsstand and get 20 bucks every week from the newsstand. Right. No matter how big he got, he still got that 20 bucks. Every <laughs> so he's kind of like an old gangster. You know? That's a great fucking analogy for this. Yeah. They, oh, you know, that restaurant that pays us off. I'm making millions now. Don't get that money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a good point. I'm not going to give up what's, and it's worked for me. It's made me happy. It's made me money. It's taken me all over the world. Tom Papa, I, you've had him on the show. Yep. Love yeah. Tom. Anytime he gets a sweet gig like that, anytime we, we get a corporate in Hawaii or, you know, Steven Soderbergh cast you in a movie or something like that. Thank you, comedy. That's yeah, that's great. Comedy, and so I have gotten a lot. I met my wife through comedy. Oh, nice. Uh, most of my friends, and uh, it's it's really given me much more than I've given it. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Was your was your wife a comic too, or you just met no, her like no, just on the road? She, she's a fine artist. She's oh nice to be a comedian. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it's so uh, we're in different ends of, uh, I guess, show business, you might say. 
Right. When you were so, what was it? So you started out as an actor, and then you started doing stand up and stuff like that. When you started getting to back into acting, how easy was it to go to remember your training and remember all that kind of stuff, or did you kind of take a little bit to adjust? Well, you know, you you go. I went through periods where I was really auditioning well, and then uh, I couldn't get arrested. You know, like twenty years later, so you go through slumps and stuff. Sure. But first, I mean, I tried to be an actor. That wasn't mm -hmm. working. And the stand up got me into like you know commercials and. I got cast early on in uh, by Lauren Michaels in the new show that was on for twenty right. minutes in you know nineteen eighty four. And so it's I've gone through ups and downs, but when I came out to LA in ninety five, I started you know getting some gigs and it was nice. And then I couldn't get a gig to save my life, and then I started working. So mm -hmm. I think one thing that really helped me in the last you know ten twelve years was a uh, meditation. Oh wow. And uh, this is a few friends were doing it, mentioned it. So I took that as a sign and I started doing it. And it's really helped me stay present and deal with uh, any kind of small mental problems I might have, you know. I've heard it's amazing. Is it the transcendental meditation? No, I don't do that crap. I just, okay, do, it's just... I do the regular breathe, concentrate on my breath. I don't. I have my own mantra, but I'm not going to go to some dude for 2,500 bucks. Right. I was going to say, I can't do like the, the T, uh, what transcendent, whatever they call it, yeah, TM yeah. stuff or whatever. I can't do it. I've had people talk to me about it and I don't understand what it is, but you're talking regular meditation helps you. Yeah. You don't have to understand it. Just concentrate on your breath, set the timer on your phone and you can't do it wrong. Oh. You know, even, even if you fall out of your chair, you just go back <laughs> in the chair, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, I had some anger issues growing up. It's helped with that. Hmm. Uh, you know, the other day I was in New York and I had lunch with a friend and I had this bag with me, mm -hmm. you know, what we used to call a man purse. And I don't always have it. So I left it in, I went for a walk in Central Park before uh, the car picked me up, take me to the airport. Mm -hmm. I'm in the park. I go, oh, I don't have my bag. <laughs> Where did I leave it? Oh, it must be in the restaurant. And it wasn't like, oh my God. <laughs> right. You know, that kind of thing that we all go through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people call normal, you know. Right. <laughs> so it really, it helps for those moments, too, to deal, you know, a stressful situation or, you know, anything that might pop up that's unexpected, which life loves to, uh, you know, mess with you that way. Yeah, of course. Did, did you find it was helping you also on stage, too, like maybe being more present? Yeah, I guess it was. You know, it, it's not nothing you can... Sometimes you feel it, some, sometimes you see a pattern. So it's not like, oh, wow, I meditated today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> floating above everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you're more relaxed, you can think of more good material, but you know, right. You know, you still got to work to be funny. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was thinking like hecklers and shit like that. By the probably... way, I, I love the uh, billions logo you have on my left and right here. Yeah. I it's see my picture up there though. <laughs> I, just, I don't want people to think that that's me on the right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I got to I got to get a t-shirt like that and wear it on set. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make one for you. We'll send it out. Good, extra large, please. You no problem. We got it. <laughs> we'll so, I'm going to put your picture you're right in the center of the two of them. That's what we should do. I'll make it happen. Yeah. yeah. No, no, leave it like it is. Don't fuck with it. Okay. All right. That's fine by me. Extra large. We'll print it up. Um so let, so what was the Wait, Excuse me. Let me just is this uh going out live now? Yes, it's live right yes. now. Okay. How many viewers do we have? 
Right now, we're on a couple different platforms, so I don't know exactly yeah, how many there are. So we're on. That's Twitch, a great answer. That's Facebook. that's. I love that bullshit kind of show. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're on a couple different platforms, and we've got some uh, New Zealand people. We're having some good <laughs> uh, Of course, our Spanish audience is huge. So you know, it's actually that. really funny. We got a guy, and I'm not kidding. He is watching. Uh, I think he mentioned he was going to watch tonight, or whatever. He's from New Zealand. He's a professor from here. Uh, but he's random. teaching English and he's teaching like an English course in New Zealand. So he's been out there for like COVID and whatever. And he kind of watches this when he can. Oh, well, if you're in New Zealand, don't come back. Stay where you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're yeah. building roads and bridges in America. So the homeless have something, you know, solid to sleep. on. <laughs> That's what's happening here in America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that New Zealand president is killing it. She's fucking amazing. Oh, got my COVID. God. Yeah. I, I want to go to New Zealand. I, is she is she married? Do you know? I don't think she is. I think she's single. <laughs> okay, we don't have. We can just cuddle. You know, this <laughs> seems really sensible. Like we go away for the weekend, and she forgets her conditioner. She can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> if she leaves her man person a restaurant, she's got it. She's fine. Yeah. yeah. She no, I need the I'm meditation. Right with that. Yeah. No, oh, she yeah. is. It's it's it. Yeah, it was wonderful to see a world leader, uh, you know, just kind of has common sense. Yeah, and has their shit together and can speak extremely well. You know what I mean? Like they made a big deal out of Obama being eloquent and stuff like that too. And then she just comes along during the worst crisis the world has seen in God knows how long. And then she's just chill. Everything's fine. Yeah, and I like Angela care of Merkel too. What'd you say? Oh, me you, too. Angela Merkel. Yeah, she's yeah, fantastic. yeah. Come on, you know, bring the immigrants in. They have nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Germany, we got some heavy dues to pay over the right. Year. <laughs> you know, let's let's open yeah. up our hearts here. It's you quite know. the contrast from back in the day, knocking on other countries' door, going, "Do you want the Jews?" And they were like, "No, we're fine." And then he she's was like, well, "Trying well, to clean up their karma." That's all <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as, as smooth as Obama is, you know, he's he deported a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Them. You know, they've done, uh, our our leaders have done a wonderful job in Flint, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> the water is still dirty. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking that, disgusting. How many minutes? It's Obama, that's Trump, and now it's Biden. Yeah, exactly. Still dirty water. Half of the time, I feel like if, if this were any other country, we'd just invade them if they were doing what we were doing to our people. Yeah, well, we already tried that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think what, it didn't work well for either side. Right. Which is our side, you know. Yeah. Were you, uh, how were you during the COVID stuff, man? Were you like going insane not doing stand up? Did you wind up doing Zoom shows? What was your sitch like? No, I, I wouldn't dare try to replicate stand up. Yeah. Um, you know, on Zoom, you know. It was uh, a nightmare. Yeah. I had the only health problems I had during the pandemic were mental problems, which I could handle. But it was, okay. you know, yeah, anxiety, depression. It was, it, I didn't know if I was going to ever work, you know, or if I knew how to do it. Right. Um, I got unemployment for the first time in my life. And some days it was great, you know? Sure. Some days, oh, good, I don't have to do anything. But uh, since then, since March, I started working on Billions of this year and a month after that stand-up when I go to New York. Mm -hmm. So it's been a real blessing. Nice. It's, it's been great, actually. I've had a really good year. So it's That's the, good, man. I yeah. feel like it was hard to shake during the pandemic because there were definitely points in time where my brain would go to stand up mode and it'd be like, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. And I just talk to anybody who was next to me like, hey, where are you from? What are you doing? <laughs> How are you holding up? And it's like, are you all right? I'm like, no, I'm not. I got a laugh at the bank one day. 
<laughs> oh, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. That's... The teller asked me, she goes, do you have any plans for New Year's Eve? And I said, hey, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> and she and the two people behind her started laughing. Oh. And I said, you see my ring? Yeah, I've got it all the time. And she goes, well, I'm married too. I go, well, then shame on you. <laughs> so it was almost a full set. Uh, <laughs> that counts. And you got money for it at the end of that exchange. It was I yours, sure but, did. you know. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's my money. It's, yeah. It, 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 we're all making, we never make other people's money. We make our money. Oh, good point. That's very philosophical. Yeah, I just came up with that. I like that. We'll send you the clip. That way you can take it and throw it out everywhere. And let me be a comedian. Hey, that's mine. (laughs) (laughs) That's mine. You can't take that. That would happen sometimes at the diner. You'd sit around with someone like, hey, that's mine. (laughs) And then you'd try it on stage and you'd get the guppy look, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or what uh, George Goebel used to call the trout look, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, were you were you out on the road a lot when you were younger? Like when you were starting out, did you hit it or did you stay primarily in New York? I stayed primarily in New York. Um, well, because I could, because I didn't need the, you know the money, right? And uh, I went out as a, a feature act for about three weeks, and mm. I knew I did well. And those clubs wanted me to come back as a feature, and I said, "No, I'm going to wait." I waited a couple of years. I tightened my belt. I wanted to go out as a headliner. Nice. And that started happening in uh, early 85. Okay. So I, I waited a while. And uh, and then once I was on Letterman, then things started taking off. But 86, a lot right? of, Yeah, 86, November 86. Very good. Um, in fact, this uh, coming November 13th, it'll be 35 years. Wow. wow. Congratulations, man. Awesome. Yeah, I, th- I thought I'd be on a porch right now surrounded by beautiful women. <laughs> You know, or smoking a cigar and a, and a yacht. That didn't with, really happen. But not with two dudes on a computer screen. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> two guys that don't really shave. <laughs> I stopped, dude. I stopped during the whole. I stopped cutting my hair and and whatever. I don't know why, but I didn't think we were ever coming out of this. So I was like, I need to be less approachable. You mean you stopped going to get a haircut? Yeah, what did I say? You didn't stop. You didn't stop cutting your hair. Oh right, yeah, I didn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> you can shave, right? If you wanted to, right? I could shave if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah I didn't. We're trying to be all edgy with wild bears. No, no, dude, you just look like a dick, and you're on so, <laughs> you know. And hey, I'm not combing my hair. Wow, isn't that edgy? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, one thing that helped me with the pandemic was I didn't sit around all day in sweats. So I'm like, ah, you know, I either showered or shaved put on adult pants to make me feel like I was kind of a watch. Oh yeah. Trying to kid myself. I did the same thing, man. And people used to be like, why are you wearing jeans and shoes? And I'd be like, cause I'm work like, yeah, I'm in a different room. I got to do this to psych myself out. I'm not going to stay in sweatpants all fucking day long. Yeah. It's uh, it's sad to see an adult in sweatpants. I, <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. It's kind of, it bums me out. I don't leave my, I used to, uh, get shit from my roommate all the time back in the day because I to this day I don't take my shoes off until I'm absolutely certain the day is done like I keep because if my brain if I take them off that means I'm done with doing tasks for the day is, but, is this guy Japanese yeah <laughs> no he's not yeah, that's no. Funny. yeah. <laughs> I has no idea what he's talking about <laughs> oh, I love it 
Sorry. Oh, do, so you and I, you said you, you said you were going back out on the road, but not too much that when you became a headliner or whatever. I yeah, know that. No, I just, uh, I saw comedians coming back from the road, burnt out, complaining. Sure. Like that. So I thought it was uh, good to stay in the, the city. And, yeah. you know, occasionally I do, you know, road gigs and stuff. And uh, then uh, once I was on Letterman, I got some more gigs. And, and you know, it's a great way to make money. Yeah. Uh, but I stayed in New York to audition for more stuff, and I got a few things, and that was nice. And then after the TV show, I really slayed all the comedic dragons in New York, so I came out here to get more acting work. And it's been a long slog, but it, it's worked out for me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then when you came out here to do the stand-up and stuff like that, too, were you like, did you know everybody at the comedy store at that point, or was it like another process? No, I never, I never liked I went to it a few times. It wasn't my cup of tea, but I, the improv was good. Okay, cool. And Bud Friedman opened up a club in Vegas and then mm -hmm. Tahoe, and he had uh, one at Fantasy Springs and for a while in New Orleans. So I got those gigs. Right. And basically did most of Bud's gigs and came back to L.A. Nice. Excuse me, just to be present and uh, audition and do really crappy auditions and not get things. <laughs> what was your first point and when you started doing the acting thing where you're like, oh, this is going to be really lucrative for me? Never. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it, listen, Billions is great. It's the longest acting gig I've had. Okay. I, I don't know how many episodes I've done, but, uh, but this is the uh, most lucrative. You're just talking about money. Mm -hmm. But also, uh, between this, Mad Men, and, you know, I did a couple of movies that I love doing. I right. Did, I did a, a half a day with the Coen brothers on Hail Caesar. I, I remember that. And it was, oh, that was such a gas. So, mm. uh, you know, I never got in for the money. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, listen, when I did the talk show, I was making money then. That's nice. But either you mm. make money or you don't in this business. Were you in direct yeah. competition with anybody when you were doing the talk shows, or was that because it was on Comedy Central at the a time? Guy such named Johnny Carson, Arsenio uh, <laughs> Hall, uh, David Letterman. I haven't heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, None of these names ring a bell. Dennis Miller. Right. <laughs> I remember, but see, I remember seeing you on Dennis Miller's, um, not the HBO one. Didn't he have another one for a bit? Yeah, he won on Fox. The one on Fox, yeah. Well, guys, yeah, it's you know, it was in color. What's good? It wasn't like you're going back to Groucho Marx, who bet your mean, life. You they were, the were just <laughs> uh, for craft um, <laughs> studio 60 back in 57. When I, was, when I was on, it was not a good uh, uh, appearance, by the way, in Dennis Miller. So, no props for you for bringing that shit up. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh wow! I don't. You know, the, the funny thing is, is I probably saw the one clip that was yeah. like okay because I didn't it's see the good. whole thing, but I remember seeing the run. Uh, listen, nice talking to you guys. I got to get going. Uh, best of luck with your night <laughs> thing here. <laughs> oh you know, my just god! Thing, just say, hey, what, do you remember bombing? Do you remember bomb? Yeah, yeah. What about <laughs> yeah. uh, you know your uncle uh, trapping you in the shed? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I'll tell you how I bombed. Rick. I didn't even. That's hilarious. I was like, I just happened to see it like not too long ago. And I was like, there was a lot of. Uh, and you had to be looking for it because they don't run that shit. I, you know what's funny? I did actually. I think I found like a rabbit hole where like I found your TV stuff because I'd seen that show before. The one that you had hosted your, your talk show. And then from there, it was literally like a rabbit hole of just like other comics that you were connected with and other little appearances. And that one was like a short clip that was on YouTube. Yeah. 
And I was like, wow, okay. And that was like, a, because I was like, there was a condensed, like, it seemed like there was a rush of that kind of stuff. And then it's kind of dissipated in the 90s and then kind of picked back up now. And I just never understood, like, what what the thing was. It was the same way with the comedy clubs back in the day where, like, there was none and then there was a huge thing. And then the there same thing with TV. A lot of comedy clubs and then they went away and then they came back. Right. Now they're here to stay. I mean, comedy is so huge right now. Yeah, it's great. And it's and still everything... basically the same thing, though. A microphone, a person. Yeah. And... Dude, I had a meeting one time at... Uh, comedy central with uh an executive that was there this was like five years ago and she said to me the days of men standing on stage with a mic are done and i just and as a comedian i'm sitting there i'm going okay uh i don't know where that aggression came from but <laughs> i was like cool. well yeah no that's not done and you can yeah. change uh, a man to a woman or to them or they yeah it doesn't matter you know how you identify or any of that Right. One person standing up, getting laughs. That's a comedian. Yeah. Absolutely. Was so there... Comedy Central's done with that. Great. Then, you know, you know, give us more South Parks or John Stewart shows or, right. you know, whatever uh, you're doing. And uh, Mike Judge. Give right. him a deal. Uh, um, who, by the way, we, we were the first ones to hire him on Night After Night in my talk show. We, we hired Mike Judge. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. To, to, uh, we bought a few of his cartoons to show. Oh my God. Shortly after that, they appeared on SNL, and I talked to the powers that be. I said, you know, you might want to do a development deal with this guy. He's pretty sharp. Nice. And they did not do it. So, Of course. He was smart. He went to MTV, Beavis and Butthead, the rest yeah. of it, as we know, his history. I wish I had found that rabbit hole instead of the Dennis Miller one that I just Yeah, found. yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I didn't. I missed that one. Um, so let's, I want to talk to you a little bit about Mad Men because that was fucking awesome too. What was the, what was it like doing that kind of thing getting the audition process for that? How'd you wind up nailing that gig? Well, first of all, it was my favorite show. Nice. So that was why I didn't get on until season six. And I told my manager name, Cook, I said, you've got to get me in the door. Just get me in the door. Mm -hmm. And when they cast me after I shot an episode, I thought it was going to be my only one. I was talking to John Slattery who mm -hmm. I had interviewed years before on the talk show. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I told him, uh, being on Mad Men, you told me at five years old I, I was going to be on the Honeymooners. That's how happy I was. Wow. I was just, I was just over the moon. And then they had me come back and do another appearance. And then they had me replace Don Draper mm -hmm. on the show. Not me, but the character they had written for me. So I still can't believe I was on that, that show. And yeah. So happy and proud to be a part of that. Uh, and it, it was great. I, I loved Mad Men. It was it was an incredible run, and like that was the other thing too. Is I've obviously known you from stand up or whatever, but did that? Did you feel like you kind of got your your name out there like way more doing that show? Because people were talking to me about you know your character and stuff like that on the show, and I'd be like, you, he's from stand up. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, so it was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, people, you know, some of the actors. I hear you were stand up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only been doing it thirty years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I've had a publicist who really knows how to keep me just under the radar, <laughs> and it's it it's it's a finesse. It's really a skill to be in this business as long as I've been, and nobody knows who you are. <laughs> it's been part of my thirty year plan, right? You know. Oh man, but that had, I feel like that must have been like a cool tipping point because on the on the show that you love, and then also your name and face are just out there. Well, it, it, what was great about it is uh, when you're on the show, you can't tell anybody. 
So I was on those first two episodes in season six, and then they hired me uh, the character to play the character of Lou Avery. Excuse me, sorry. Mm-hmm. On uh, you know season uh, seven, but I couldn't tell anybody, so I had to contain it. Wow. And back in the day, a uh, great comedian, Bob Altman, Uncle Dirty. He's coming on. Yeah, he passed away. Is he? Did he? Yeah. Oh my God! You said I'm sorry. Hold up, my. <laughs> wow, you are a showbiz bullshitter. That is. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That is unbelievable. Was... Yeah, he's coming on the show. <laughs> wait, hold up. As soon as you said Uncle Dirty. Yeah. yeah I, what... By the way, I'm having dinner with Charlie Watts tonight, so <laughs> I gotta cut this short. Wait, my. <laughs> We're having we're having some really shitty weather. So like when you said Altman, I was like, oh, he's talking about Jeff Altman. And then my brain heard you say Uncle Dirty, but I had already said he's coming on. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I did not hear Bob. I heard Altman. There's, and I was like, Jeff. There's no backing off this. You fucked up. <laughs> you have no excuse. The man has passed away several years ago. We're getting him. Tom, get him yeah. on the show. I'll dig him up. Dig him up. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. It is, is hilarious. Dystopia tonight. Yeah. Um, we'll, but we'll he, told me, he told me years ago, if you get a TV show or movie, don't tell anybody. Wait till oh. it comes out. Okay. Because A, because it could cut you out, which does happen. And B, if you are on it, then it's more of a surprise to everyone. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, hey, I'm doing this movie, people say, hey, what, when's that movie coming out? When's that TV show? And, you know, they could not release it, you know. Right. So the power of it was I didn't tell anybody and everyone, including my family. I lied to everyone but my wife, which is a weird position to be in. Usually it's the other way around. (laughs) Um, And it really, and, you know, and of course I was just into meditating at this time and it really helped. And it was so exciting. So I took that energy and thank God I had a job to do on the set. So I put a lot of energy there, and it really helped me focus. So I would suggest to any young actor, comedian out there, if you get a gig, don't, hey, man, I got this, you know, tweet it out, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Just do it. Leave. Tell as few people as you can. And if it right. comes out, because, hey, it makes more of a brand, you know. Yeah. If, yeah. If that's what you want. It makes more of an impression on people. So yeah. it was exciting. And everyone in the industry watched Mad Men. It was one of those shows, like Louie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was another show, yeah. which uh, I was happy to be on. Yeah, that was great, too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, if you look at my appearance on Louie, I'm wearing a cardigan sweater, and I have my hair parted a little bit. Yep. That was in case people were watching from Mad Men. They could see me in that garb. I'm not kidding. Wow. So, uh, you know, I told a few people this. So I, I did that on purpose. I wore that sweater and that hair on purpose, just in case maybe a producer of Mad Men was watching or Matt Weiner. And they say, hey, this guy could, uh, you know, play a 60s advertising guy. You know? That's smart. Yeah, but I still am largely unknown. So that's, that's so I'm not as smart. I'm smart in some ways, but not smart in others. <laughs> Do you think that had an influence on it? Do you think somebody might have seen it? Or do you think like your power of putting it into the universe? I, you know, it's none of my business. I just do it. That's the way I feel. I feel uh, just do your thing. But uh, Matt Weiner did say to my manager, "Hey, I saw him on Louie, but they don't have a script. Can he really act?" And I'd already done a show, and my manager said, "No, the, uh, Louie is scripted, which it is. That's a scripted show." Right. And my manager told me, "I said, well, tell him to re audition me." 
Yeah. Give me a couple pages of dialogue, and that's what he did, and that's what I got it. So the seventh year I had to get on Mad Men, I had to kind of re-audition again. They didn't call it that, but if I had sucked, it would have they would have, you know, paid the money to get John Lithgow or something, or you know. Right. They or I mean, if I had fucked up that audition and they put another actor in that role, I I talk about depression. Right. Talk about blowing a major chance. So it was pretty nerve wracking that second audition. Is there was that before or were you doing the meditation? Like what do you do to calm down? No, the, the meditation was before. Oh. Okay. So, I had that, but that day of the second audition, I was uh, in a state of panic and nerves. And I called a buddy of mine who I wasn't supposed to tell anybody, but I told him and mm. he talked me down. He and his partner talked me down off a ledge. Nice. And that guy is Brian Koppelman and David Levine, the guys who do, do billions. Wow. 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 Holy shit. So, so I, thanks to those two guys, my uh, role was extended on on Mad Men. Wow, that's, that's incredible! Yeah, yeah, then, very lucky. Those are two good. Brian's like my little brother, you know, and I've known him a long time. I and for Billions, he had I auditioned for four or five different parts because he wanted to find the right part for me. And so the part I have now fit, and I get along really well with the cast. And uh, Giamatti is just a pleasure to work with. So. It's a great part. I mean, that, yeah, that, that's surprising to me that they had you do other because in my head, I was like, oh, my God, they fit it perfectly in there. Did you have like a say? No, no, wow, wow. <laughs> no. I <didn't> have a <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. He go, do you want to be a lead and make, you know, uh, <laughs> I, said, I mean, with well, <laughs> I'll just do like a hundred dollar a day. <laughs> no, I had no say. Okay. But I think they wound up writing this part for me. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, it's such a serious part. Like, I it really is. love your character in it. And I feel like it was so serious that I didn't... Pi I don't picture a lot of the characters they have come in that are professional comedians. They don't tend to lean that way at all, but there are a lot on the cast, right? Yeah, uh, Dan Soder, who plays McGee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Comedian. It's a pretty serious part. Several of the people, uh, Berbiglia has been on the show. Yeah, yeah Berbiglia had a big part. Jay Olkerson yeah. had, like, a random part. Uh, who did? Yeah, was random. Uh, Big Jay, Jay Okerson. Oh yeah, Jay Okerson was on. Uh, and uh, God, there's a, there's another guy who was on. I forget. But oh yeah, uh, Kevin Pollock. Oh yeah. Oh right. He had a nice run on that show, and, and uh, comedians can handle drama really well. Yeah. I mean, uh, Pollock is uh, a good example. If you see him on Mrs. Maisel. Oh, that's a yeah. yeah it's funny, absolutely. but it's it's his his part is I mean it's part is funny, but he plays it straight. And Soderbergh right. for the movie Informant, where I worked with a lot of comedians, including Tom Papa, uh, he got all the comedians played straight roles. Right. Yeah. So drama is no. It's it's. I don't think it's that difficult for most comedians. Over and over the years, you look at Red Buttons, Don Rickles, uh, certainly Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see Alan King mm -hmm. yeah, do a lot of straight parts. So is it weird being on set with a bunch of comics? Like, do you guys kind of like get that little spark of energy where you kind of want to goof off or is it all just business? No, uh, for me, I take it seriously. These other pricks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't work with the only thing. The 90% of my time on Billions was with Soder and okay. Mad Men. You know, I was still, affable and nice but I, I wasn't fucking around sure um yeah. 
but when I was on the informant, there were a couple actors like goofing off the whole time. Mm. And it was, it was kind of, you know, after a while, I was like, you know, let's get your lines down. Let's do the scene. And mm -hmm. I said, Soderbergh during the break, they were out of earshot. I go, what is that? <laughs> I go, what is that? And he looked at me, he goes, they have a hole that can't be filled. <laughs> and I said, thank you. You've answered my question. Right. So I, you know, listen, I, I don't try to take things too seriously, but work, you know, I listen, I was a theater major in mm -hmm. college and it was important to be on time, to know your lines, to, you know, if right. you had to build the set. It was, it was, I took show business pretty uh, seriously because as a kid, I walked, watched Johnny Carson. I heard all the stories and what the, the you know, the rules are and mm -hmm. uh, show business. And I kind of learned all that before the age of 12, you know, so. Are you the only one in your family who went into show business? Yes. Would they, when you were starting to do that, did they have any kind of, did they try to talk you out of it? No, not my family. They they knew they couldn't. Uh, they were supportive. They came to see my plays when I was in college and uh, wow. high school. And my mom and dad came, uh, saw me very early on do a, a stand-up set. My brother was in New York, saw me bomb twice in one night. Oh so that, <laughs> that was a very proud moment. Right. Um, and I felt bad for him because I know I was good. I was just, just having a bad night. But he, sure. you know, he felt bad for me. Uh, no, but it was mostly teachers and uh, my high school guidance counselor who thought it was out of my mind. <laughs> but basically, you know, you're 17 years old. And what do you want to do? Well, I want to study theater. And then after that, I'm going to go to New York. Wow. And he, he looked at me as if, uh, you know, I want to build a rocket out of my mom's washing machine. <laughs> and I want to fly to the moon first. And then, uh, you know, I see, see myself being the first man on Mars. Right. You know? And they just opened up their fly and pissed on my dreams. Wow. And just, And I had a, a couple of friends, uh, their fathers took me aside into their study, you know, like Ward Cleaver. <laughs> and said, I, I understand you want to do what, what, what are you thinking? You've got to fall back. Why not try Atlanta first or Chicago? Because I was raised in Miami. Okay. With some local theater. No, I, I want to go. I want to jump right into New York. Yeah. I'd wanted to move there since I was eight or nine. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. That's what I did. And it, listen, it was the smartest move I ever made. Right. You know, you, you get good fortune by proximity. You're in the city. Yeah. You have to put yourself around where it's happening. I mean, you know, 15 years ago, you wanted to get into tech. You didn't go to Augusta. <laughs> you went to San Francisco. Right. You know, so that's what I did. I went to Mill Valley. Hmm. Uh I went to New York City because that's where show business was. It was either there or Los Angeles. Right. Were you, were you touring between the two? No. Hmm. No, not at all. New York was it for me. Wow. And, uh, I, you know, I moved out to L.A. about 25 years ago, but I still go back to New York a lot. And uh, I, I, I noticed that. I much prefer New York. But this is, you know, I've grown to like this place. And I live out in Santa Monica, so it's pretty nice. Oh, Santa Monica is beautiful. Yeah. I, love, I love it over there. Um, that is interesting that you like had your fan because I, I I've never heard somebody's friends parents sitting you down and trying to talk you out of a <laughs> out of out of your dreams as opposed to your own family that was weird yeah my I think I think my dad wanted to do what I was doing you know oh that's awesome and I think it it scared him and made him a little jealous when I I, uh, I started making a living at it right you know my mom would call me go are you working this weekend are you working this weekend. And then I said, I'll tell you what, Mom, where did John go? There he is. I'm still here. Yeah, sorry yeah, about you that. You were off the air for a sec. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I finally said to my mom, I tell you what, mom, first weekend I'm not working, I'll call you. <laughs> I, will let, I will let you know. Right. Because after a while, when you start working every weekend and you get, get in the groove, you're getting satellite gigs in Jersey or Connecticut, it, it just, it's a great feeling. You're working as a comedian. Yeah. You know, so sometimes I get a little burnt out. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I, you know, you get a little down and stuff, but this business has just been mostly a joy to work in and yeah. certainly a challenge, you know. Do the do the do you do the cast and crew when you're doing like a TV show or a movie or something like that? Do you ever invite them to come well, see you do stand up? No, you try to keep it no. separate. No, we're getting along great now. Why? Why? <laughs> no. It's so interesting though, too, because I do feel the same way. Where you're like, you know what? I feel like the people who like me as a comic like me as a comic, and the ones who don't know what I say and think twenty four seven. I'm gonna keep them separate. <laughs> well, listen, I I stopped inviting. You know, well. I don't like family to come see me. Right. I've had a few friends come to see me and it's gone south. Not that I yeah. do a bad job, but it's just when you're doing a show, you just want to concentrate on that. And mm -hmm. but you know someone's in the audience, your brain becomes bifurcated. Sure. You're thinking of them, you're thinking of you, bop, 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 bop. Yep. Um, and, you know, every now and then a crew member or uh, an actor would say, hey, I saw your uh, Letterman on uh, YouTube. You were funny. But, oh, sure. You know. Right. And if they they want to come to a show, they'll come to a show. Sure. You know, but the bastards haven't. So God bless them. <laughs> <I'm> all, <laughs> I almost would rather people didn't tell me until afterward. I like finding out that somebody was in the audience after the fact. Yes, exactly. Listen, yeah. if I meet some dude before the show and he comes to the audience, I'm thinking about. Him. Yep. Same. I don't even know you. Like, oh yeah, that that lady I met outside is. Mm -hmm. And I know we always remember the gigs we bomb at. Like that's they, you know, people always say that. But like I think one sticks in my head more than anything else. And it was when I had, you know, in the beginning or whatever. But I think family, people I worked with, people I had gone to high school with came out to see this one for whatever reason, one particular show. And I fucking ate a dick. Wow. So bad. Yeah. And that I is can't say that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit it out with the Bob uh, 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 Bob. Alton. Make sure you do. You don't want to get canceled from Dystopia tonight. Right. <laughs> oh my God! But yeah, I I remember that one more than anything else. And that it was like, and, and guess what? They they'll always remember it. Oh God! I honest to fucking God, I don't think any of them have ever come back out to a thing. Somebody left a note on my car. That's how much they fucking hated it. Like, I think it was, and I think it was a relative. They were like, fuck you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a bad night. And I don't, and I don't even remember, like, that I bombed that badly, but it was just a bad vibe. It was, it was a bunch of people who were all expecting me to be someone else. Yeah. And then when I went to do my act, they were like, the fuck is this? Yeah. And, you know, some of them loved it, too. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Family's great. Family and friends are wonderful that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I can't. What do you, do you, I mean, I hate to beat a dead horse with this kind of shit, but what do you think about the stuff that's going on right now as far as, cause everybody's got their opinion. You just said the cancel thing, uh, you know, and, and obviously Chappelle's going through it right now. Do you find that it's kind of two different points of view that are not seeing eye to eye? Or do you think it's just just pure over exaggerated PC shit? You know, because we used to I, deal. I, with I think people get offended really easily now. Same. And yeah. listen, I understand that uh, uh, the trans people, there's a lot of violence and stuff, but it's not coming from Chappelle. Exactly. No one's uh, watching Netflix going, yeah, trans people are 
they should be beat up or they should be ostracized. Uh, you know, so I, I saw the special. I didn't get that at all. Me too. Very funny. Yep. Uh, Smart, funny. Trans the trans people I know have a sense of humor, but everybody has their brand now. They got to protect themselves, and I get that. Yeah. Yep. I get that. Uh, but uh, and I don't think Ch I think Chappelle is having a ball. Not me too. You know, he it's not hurting him. Nope. And, and if you're offended, don't watch. That's um that yeah exactly. It's really and hard to get that alter, Some campus uh, uh, clubs have invited Ann Coulter on to talk, and uh, people vote they want her, and then people protest so they yank her. No, Ann Coulter should be allowed to go to a campus and talk to her audience if she has one there. Agreed. And you know, and I'm listen, I'm uh, a liberal. I'm pretty. I'm left of the left in that Same. way. So uh, I don't believe in canceling artists of any kind. I'm a, I'm right there with you, man. And the funny thing is, is that I feel like the arguments are always poor. You know what I mean? Because if they're really concerned about, you know, uh, violence being uh, enacted on a particularly marginalized group, you know, they've literally got a very, very popular Netflix show running right now where there's some kind of thing where they're murdering Asians in some calamari hopscotch contest, you know, or whatever it is, the Squid Game show. And it's like, and that's that's like literal murder you know what i mean that's people right. actually watching violence coming out of covid which had a particular like strain of violence towards agents so i'm like where's the outrage for that oh there it's out there but it's just not sexy right now <laughs> that's no, a good, I'm yeah, serious, though, it's not sexy. hot right now. It's not right. Even though there's always been racism there's always been this it's not sexy right exactly and uh i think they had maybe 30 Netflix employees maybe come out. They said there sure. were a thousand. It's like maybe twenty six, maybe thirty. Right. The woman that was leading that, a trans woman or something, she had all these homophobic and racist tweets. Really? Oh, I didn't that see that. No way. Have you said black trans person? I'll say that. I won't right. say. Right. Uh, so it, there's a lot of hypocrisy out there. Yeah. And the media does this. They love to get clicks. Yep. It's all about making money. Exactly. Polarized, polarized, monetized, and hypnotized. Yeah. That is our society today. Agreed, man. In my opinion. Um, well, I've got two more questions for you. If you can hang out, I'm going to ask you them. Nope, got to go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I don't know if you know this. The World Series is on you, son of a bitch. I know, and I could. I, I feel bad. I see in the back. I froze it behind me. so I, I love it. I'm going to wrap. <laughs> so, um, First question is if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what would you what advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Uh don't go out with her or her or her. <laughs> don't mess with him or him. Don't take this job and don't listen to this person and this person and this person. Love it. That would be it, basically. Yeah. I like it. You know, well, first of all, I go back in time. I'm gonna go out and get something to eat. <laughs> I'm gonna go to a top steakhouse and right. lay down five bucks. <laughs> then I'm gonna fill my car with gas. <laughs> then I'm gonna get some real good shit, some Colombian gold. That's great. And I'm gonna buy stock. Yeah. That's not gonna be, I'm not gonna talk to my younger self. I'm not gonna help. I'm gonna go buy, you know, buy some shit, buy some stock, buy some land. That's what I'm gonna do if I go back in time. Love it. I think that was the most honest answer we've had. <laughs> um, and then the last question is, what had to end in your life, whether it was good or bad, to get you where you are today? What had to end? 
Yeah, what had to end? Uh, weekends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what had to end was me getting up early on a Monday morning to go to a job I hated. Oh, that nice. Had to end. Love it. Me putting on my monkey suit to ten bar. That had to end. So beautiful. Uh, and listen, uh, good luck with uh, Uncle Dirty when you have him on the show. <laughs> I know he's coming up soon. I can't wait to tell Jeff Altman that I missed under <laughs> that I that I misheard yeah. and thought you were talking about him. He'll and now, you know, when I have dinner with Charlie Watts, I'll ask him if he wants to come. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. It's it's October. We're trying to get all the ghouls and goblins on. So that's uh oh, yeah, that's Halloween. Cool. We took it yeah. away from children. Turned it into <laughs> holiday bricks. Good old corporate America. <laughs> oh God. Seriously, thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I really love your work over the years and stuff. Thank you. I'm glad we can make this happen. I appreciate it. Uh, gentleman on my left, I'm sorry, I don't know you. What's your Tom, name? Tom, sorry. Tom, such a pleasure. I'm John, you should introduce Tom. <laughs> I don't know if this is your dad or your uncle or <laughs> the FBI. <laughs> this is the guy that brought down Matt Lauer. <laughs> <laughs> He's to make sure I don't get canceled. Good. Yeah, that's what he's here for now. Oh, that's great. Such Tom's an honor, but it's a pleasure. A uh, uh, real pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. Dystopia tonight.